Hi, I'm Alan Hill, the nostalgic vagabond. I lived out of a backpack for many years during my 20s and some 30s. I'm less of a nomad these days. In this podcast series, I'm catching up with old friends, wonderful people I've met in the Traveller's Trek. And what better time is there to catch up, reminisce, and see how everyone is getting on in 2020? I hope you enjoy hearing about our journeys as much as we've enjoyed sharing. After I finished high school, I fancied the idea of travelling. My best mate and I wanted to go to the USA. We knew a couple of people there, in California and South Carolina, opposite sides of the country, of course. But it didn't happen. You could say I couldn't afford it, but I'm not sure if I had the courage as an 18-19 year old. The courage to say yes and just go for it. That took a few more years to acquire. In this episode I'm zooming into Germany to catch up with Felix Gebhardt. Felix and I used to be hostile dorm room neighbours in that famous establishment in downtown Toronto, the Canadiana. R.I.P. We met on a roof terrace one night at a party. Sadly, Felix doesn't remember that encounter due to an overindulgence in PBR. During our days in Toronto, Felix and I hung out a lot, taking in the sights, looking for work, drinking beers, after looking for work. He was like a little brother to me. He spoke often of his time in Australia when he was a teenager. I think it was this Aussie connection that kicked off our friendship. I was curious to know more about the feelings Felix had towards his Aussie experience, and also learn more about his other travelling experiences that happened after. Listen in for an interesting take on living, working, in different countries as a young person straight out of high school. I never had the balls to experience this, but Felix did. All right. Felix, how you doing, man? I'm quite good. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Just a, a quick heads up. I made a bit of an amateur blunder. Okay. And today's actually November 5th, which is a day in Britain called Guy Fawkes Day. Have you heard of this before? Yeah, sure. It's like that's that's the V V for Vendetta movie. That's that well, that's what that was all about. Like <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. so <laughs> I guess he's in a way like a almost in worst terms a religious terrorist mm. <laughs> he tried to blow up the parliament and the king in, in the, the 1600s i think it was 1605 or something like that well i hope you didn't get your powder wet or anything if you're planning religious <laughs> terrorist attacks <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the funny thing is he failed yeah. so this guy guy Fawkes, plotted it's called the gunpowder plot i think google tells me yeah. We celebrate in Britain his failure. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing, actually, celebrating a failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all I know about it is basically like in V for Vendetta, like where they explain thing away and have uh, the little rhyme going with the gunpowder plot may never be forgotten. And uh, yeah, the mm. whole thing. That's, that's basically all I know about it. <laughs> I don't know, Felix, if you can hear anything, but. There's fireworks going off right now here in Liverpool, and they've been going nonstop. Can you hear them? Yeah, I can hear them actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a little bit annoyed. That's this is my amateur blunder because um, I'm trying to record a podcast and there's fireworks going out everywhere. So oh, I thought right. best to explain to you, Felix, that it is only fireworks and it's not like a drive-by or anything it's like that. It's not gunshots. From... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the constant boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, if you can hear anything, yeah, don't stress. My neighborhood isn't that bad. That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm glad you're safe. <laughs> yes. Uh, safe in, in uh, another lockdown. Yeah. Have you got a lockdown in Germany or is it just uh, more unfortunate countries like Britain that are back in lockdown? Um, no, what, uh, what is happening here at the moment is um, they called it a lockdown light. Like um, it, it, it started mm. at um, beginning of November where um, they said, well, most people can still go to work. Schools and uh, kindergartens and whatever will stay open. But like uh, just uh, associating with people is really limited at the moment where you're only supposed to meet up to 10 people from two households like that's that's right. only thing everything other than that is um illegal and is actually like they say it's like you're, you're gonna get a fine for it 
I haven't mm -hmm. seen anything like uh, where this happened or was enforced, but uh, that's basically the idea that um, you only meet with uh, like really reduced number of people. Yeah, just trying to stem the the propagation of the virus. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. How about we take a trip down memory lane here? And there's a few things I want to talk about with you, Felix, about traveling and about your experiences traveling and about our collective experiences traveling. But first of all, I just wanted to talk to you about how we met. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> do you remember when we met? Not the first time, but the second time. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you remember the first time? Well, I was thinking drunk. <laughs> I was, like um, the, the thing, the thing that I remember is just the next morning when um, we met in the in the lobby of the Canadiana, and I just profitably introduced myself to you, and um, like with 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 the works and everything, it's like, and you just sat there, say, I know. It's like, how do you know me? <laughs> it's like. Well, you told me all this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a big party on the roof of the hostel, and I didn't even know, but I met somebody in the kitchen who was getting beers out of the fridge. Oh, yeah. And said, are you coming up to the party? And I said, what party? Oh, there's a party on the roof. Come up. So I come up to the roof, and as soon as I opened the door, I just saw all these people, and then there was Felix basically two feet away from me. And I introduced myself to you and talked to you for quite some time, but you don't really remember it. Oh, I, 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 like, like later on, like once you, um, like once you told me, then I uh, remembered bits and pieces. Mm. But for for like a, uh, like just a vivid memory was was just the next day of introducing myself. It was like, <laughs> yeah, you say hello, I'm Felix, and I said I know, I met you last night. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just really funny, like. Um, I'm, I'm, like I remember some uh, bits and pieces where it was like. I remember when you found out that I was from Australia. Yeah. That seemed to excite you a lot, and I do remember we spoke mostly about Australia that whole time on the roof that night. Yeah, yeah. Because you went to Australia mm. when you were quite young, and it, I got an impression from that first meeting we had that that experience for you was quite remarkable. So can you sort of talk a little bit about? when you went to Australia, how old you were, um, why you went there, and what was the point of going to Australia, and what did you hope to experience there? What happened was um, I was I was uh, 17 years old at the time. I was uh, about to finish school, and then uh, there was some um, thoughts about, like, okay, how you want to, uh, how you want to continue. Do you, uh, you want to continue with school, like go uh, to university, do all that stuff. But I must say, um, must admit at 17, I was a little bit fed up with school. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to bear another year. I just thought, no, I, I want to do something different. So I always wanted to travel though. Like that, that was basically the the plan that I had, but yeah. not really where, not really uh, had um, a, a master plan to do it. Back then, I remember everyone wants to go um, do an au pair in the USA. Right, like that was that was what most people did. I thought, well, no, it's it's not really my thing. Like also, like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind that, but um, I said no. That's that's not really what I want to do. And I I looked around for alternatives, and then I found uh, the work and travel like the program, and I was like, yeah, that that sounds like a little bit uh, more along my alley. And um, mm -hmm. then there was still the question of yeah, like where you want to actually go. I looked at different things, and then the first thing I saw about Australia, I was like, yeah. That sounds really nice. Um, that's where I want to go, and so I started my whole visa application process. Then uh, I turned eighteen, finished school. Then the, the, the last hurdle I basically had was um, back in uh, Germany at my age, at eighteen. Usually, you get checked out if you join the army. Like back then, they we had a thing that um, you either join the army or you do civil service. Yes. That was a thing. And I was basically, the, the guys my age were basically the last guys to do it. Um, but I 
had my visa already. Like, if, if I had to go to the army or do civil service, I couldn't have gone. And then, basically, I just told them I don't want to do it. <laughs> told them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, have, uh, you have the possibility when they check you out uh, to say, well... You don't want to do the army. So you didn't have to do the civil service or join the army. You were able to get to Australia instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, I was I was really happy about that. But I, mm. it, at that moment, it was a really a uh, shock moment for me. I was like, no, like if if I can't go, like what what am I going to do? Mm. And then I was so happy when I finally um, I met some people online from the work and travel site, and then just went off. Yeah. I guess would you say? It was kind of a gap year to go to Australia. Um, yeah, uh, yes and no. Like because basically, I didn't even have like a gap year. It's usually like if uh, if I have something that I want to do after, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it was basically like yeah, that's just yeah. I would I would like to do that, and um, I didn't have any concrete plans. And then, mm. but once I was there, I was like. Man, I I might even stay here. I might not go. Be, I might not be going back. So basically, you went to Australia. You had, I imagine, a twelve-month visa. Yeah, working yeah. holiday visa, which yeah, exactly. could potentially have been extended. Was that the one you were able to get? Yeah. And you had no plan, but you just went there thinking, "This is where I am. This is where I want to be, and I'm going to live in Australia for now and just see what happens." Yeah, like, uh, have a look. Um, I, d I didn't really make any concrete plans. Like, just mm. go there, see what happens. So you went to Melbourne? Yeah, I started out in Melbourne. What did you do in order to survive? Did you have to find a job? Oh, yeah, I had to uh, find many jobs. Like, when I um, when we arrived, we um, sort of were this group of people that had met through the work and travel side. Then, like, at first, we still had uh, the idea of doing this together, but it, it's it's soon crystallized that everyone has, like, different ideas, different plans, mm. and uh, some of us split up, and some of us stayed together, and we actually bought a car, like, without any knowledge of buying cars, but we did, we did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Then we went like uh, in the surrounding great, like greater Melbourne area and um we started out the first one was was pruning in a in a vineyard that was those I remember that was the first job I actually had mm. pruning in a vineyard and then like basically different fruit jobs around the area um, yeah so it was like seasonal work yeah working on farms and and vineyards and what we call in Australia is working the harvest trail yeah, basically that. We even had, um, I remember we had a little booklet for that, like where is, where does what get picked at, at what time of the year. Did you find that a good source of money and enough to survive in Australia? The thing is, it, it, it just uh, depends. At, at first, you won't make much money because you're not fast enough. Mm. Like, at, at least that was my problem. I know I'm... Uh, not the fastest worker anyway like if um if i'm learning something new like i take some time to get better and mm. so at first i wasn't making that much money where i said well hmm, all right later on like or if, if you're a really fast worker yeah you couldn't make decent money out of, out of that i guess if um you really go with it and like give it your all yeah but at first like if you're still in your learning phase mm. Mm, yeah maybe not yeah, I, I did a bit of fruit picking in Tasmania many years ago, and it seemed that a lot of places didn't pay you by the hour. They paid you by the kilogram or by some yeah, quantity, by the bucket, by the yeah, bucket or, or whatever. So if you can work fast, like you said, you can fill up more buckets or or, or, or make uh, pick, pick more fruit and make more weight. Yeah. so that you get more money <laughs> but i was also slow felix so i know what you mean <laughs> I, I was working the same amount of time as some other people but getting paid sometimes maybe 40 percent of what they were making and at that stage i remember i was making less than the minimum wage working on the strawberry farms yeah and and the thing is i didn't want to get fast because i didn't like <laughs> it <laughs> yeah like at, at, at the same time uh, it's always something that you tell yourself you won't do for long like I, I even had like a little bit um, uh, 
of money backed up, but mm. I didn't have that much. Like some people came with nothing. Like they're basically, uh, I, I was so amazed. Like I, I thought I was not that prepared, but some people came with a, Even a tiny backpack you. and <laughs> had nothing. <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, I, I have to get work like in the first three days. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, pressure's on, eh? Pressure's on. Yeah. <laughs> In that part of Australia, there's a lot of vineyards because a lot of wine comes from there. So you, you did a bit of work on a vineyard. And then I imagine you had other jobs around the place. Yeah, yeah. It's like other other uh, seasonal stuff. Then mm. after we were done with that, we actually made our way with um, the car that we bought mm-hmm. uh, along the Great Ocean Road. And um, Nice. Yeah, that's really fantastic. Like if uh, that, I would always do that again. And um went to Adelaide. In Adelaide, like whenever like I, I, I guess it just had to happen. Like me, eighteen years old, first time away, like uh, from home for longer. I got broke. I had no money basically. I was like, um, all right. Um now I have to decide. Do I want to sleep in the bed or do I want to eat? <laughs> wow. And most mostly, I was um, basically just um, saying, "Oh well, I, I can survive on one orange a day. That's that's not a problem." <laughs> and um, but then I, I actually found um, like it was promotional work for the uh, Red Cross, basically doing door to door stuff. But it was. Yeah. Um, you had like a minimum hourly that you could get and mm-hmm. you got more money by the, the donation things that you assign people up for. If you did make some sales, you got some commission on top of your base salary. Yeah, yeah, that that was um that was quite nice. So you were able to eat two oranges a day after that. Yes. At least <laughs> at least two. And um that was a crazy time. How did you feel when you came to the realization that it's like I can either eat or I can afford to stay somewhere for the night. What did that, what did that feel like? <laughs> it's at that moment, um, it, like it didn't feel very good. Uh, mm. I knew it was of my own making because I was just <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I, I fucked this up myself. <laughs> yeah, but, you spent too much money. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, and um, but I was uh, too proud to ask my family. Like, uh, yeah. I would have rather died than ask my mom or my dad. Like, like. Yeah, guys, I'm, I'm I'm broke. (laughs) I'm broke. It's like (laughs) help. Yeah, yeah. And it's like no, I would have rather uh, fucking died or (laughs) eat uh, half an orange a day. (laughs) And um, so, how how many days did it go on for? Where you were in this situation where you were basically not eating at all because you couldn't afford it, and you could barely afford to to stay in a bed for the night. That was basically. We arrived the first week, then. We basically um, stayed uh, like the group uh, from the work and travel side. We arrived in the first week. Basically, people all split up. Like mm. some people wanted, didn't want to stay in Adelaide. Some people wanted to um, mm-hmm. or wanted to go uh, continue the fruit picking stuff. I didn't want to do the fruit picking stuff, and so it basically uh, broke a little bit apart. Mm. And it must have been two weeks because then I was going. Th- through i don't know where like like some job center where you could uh, look for jobs and then i found this one mm. so about two weeks of hardship let's say yeah so, yeah basically wow. like uh where i was really uh, thinking and and once i was um there was something that really stayed um in my memory where i mm. had just done some like one one day of work, like the new gate paid in cash and whatever, like mm. no one cares. <laughs> and I was uh, in the hostel and I don't know why I did it. Like, let's just lay the money on the bed. I was like, uh, fucking cash on the bed. And I went out, forgot it there, came back and it was everything still there in a 10 person room where it's like wow. everybody could have taken it, but nobody did. And it's like, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> And and luckily for you, yeah, that happened because otherwise you would have been starving. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's basically what would have happened. And I was like, you, "You're so stupid! You can't just leave like cash money lying on your bed in your hostel." Like, yeah, you're asking for it to be stolen. Though. Yeah, yeah, and like you you couldn't even go anywhere. Like, what what would you do? Like, 
there's 10 people in here. It could have been anybody. Yeah, totally. So it was safe, even though you expected it to disappear. That's, that's in a way, kind of a miracle and good for you because yeah. you would have been in extreme hardship yeah, if like, that money had been taken. It was just like... Um, like no no foresight at all like basically mm. dumb shit you do at 18 where it's like okay but but you you had to learn fast because like at first like you, you're coming from a rather sheltered life in uh in germany and then um you move in for the big world now and <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah so how long did you have this job doing the door-to-door sales for um i did this for about two months then um I met my girlfriend there through work, mm, like okay. uh, now ex-girlfriend, but then like we worked at the same job together. Mm. And um, yeah, of course, well, basically uh, totally in love. And uh, we, we actually traveled around for a bit in her uh, super tiny Mitsubishi. I don't, I don't even know what, <laughs> what model it was, <laughs> but it was like... Mitsubishi box. Uh, it was like like the, the tiniest Mitsubishi that you could get. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was really funny. Uh, it was, but it was good times. I remember back in the days we used to hang out in Toronto. You spoke very fondly of this place, and I'm gonna try and see if I can re- remember it properly. Marysville. Yeah, yeah. That that was. You used to always speak about Marysville. And yeah. I just wanted to know, what, what what is it about Marysville that was so special in your memory to talk about it so much? The, the thing is, I arrived there, it was shortly after uh, the Black Saturday bushfires, that's what they mm. called them. And um, basically the whole area was destroyed by the fire. And when I arrived in Marysville, there was, there was nothing there. There, there was basically like... Uh, a whole lot of burnt forest, um, mm. the bakery, um, the inn, and <laughs> yeah. the bar where I worked. Like it was. <laughs> everything that, else was destroyed. Everything else was destroyed. And um, hmm. I, work, I worked at the Marysville pub, and it was uh, really nice like, because I knew everybody. Like that, that mm. was basically the whole population that was still there, and I knew everybody. And What was the was, population, Felix? Well, basically just uh, forest workers and police. <laughs> so would you say maybe a thousand or less than a thousand? Less, less, far less. Like okay. may- maybe, maybe like the from the people that that still were there, like maybe 50. If 100 is like, like 100 would be much that um, right. I've met because they were all still living in shelters because like, yeah. The houses were destroyed. Yeah, they, they were... Um, in uh, Buxton, I think uh, Buxton had mm. uh, some shelters put up, and basically most of the people uh, were there or came back occasionally, like to just have a look through the wreckage and see what survived. If, if anyone wants to eat anything, they came to the pub and they mm. had beer and whatever. It was just I've even uh, seen a wedding there, and uh, it was uh, just uh, crazy stuff. Just uh, to see did it kind of feel like a family in a way because it was such a small population and you basically saw them all the time yeah yeah it's like uh, you knew everybody and they were coming in every day mm. sounds a bit like cheers <laughs> yeah 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 but... <laughs> it, it, it could be yeah and um yeah so they like people came in all the time and I knew basically everyone that worked in the area, or um, I knew uh, the police officers that worked there and other people. And mm. it was just really moving to see like everyone pulling together to just make uh, things work and make ends meet there. And rebuild, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, that was that was basically the main thing uh, people did there. Yeah, it, it was not much happening. Like, like it was not big events, but from I, I would always remember that uh, time very fondly. Mm. Yeah, I uh, was living in a little cabin that uh, was um, nice. adjacent uh, to a pub where I had just everything. Where I had just like a big bed, my own shower, and my TV, and it was just yeah. That was uh, if if you think where it started out with no money, 
and then this. yeah it sounds like luxury to yeah, me <laughs> yeah all of a sudden like you're, you're basically having your own little house <laughs> yeah how did you come across that position to work in the pub there did you see an ad on on the newspaper or the internet or did your program find it for you um no the thing was um there was um an old friend of my grandfather um he moved to Australia, I don't know, somewhere, I think, around the, the 70s, like, mm. uh, through u the university program. And um, he still um, he still lives there. Mm. And um, he must be 90 years old by now. And um, I was uh, visiting them. Uh, we were just uh, talking about old times. And he said, well, I know some people up in Mary as well. like, first, we just wanted to have a look at the fires and um then I don't, I don't know how it uh came to be but i think we just uh started talking to people and they were like oh yeah they're still looking for people here back in the pub like <laughs> you, you could imagine <laughs> it's applicants oh, okay. is really slow <laughs> yeah so there was a vacancy and you just timed it perfectly yeah. that you were available and willing to work and you could start straight away so you went to I basically said well yeah, I have all my stuff with me. Like it's all all in my backpack. Yeah, so we can start right away. So it's kind of just a serendipity and a, a, a perfect timing that landed you there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I imagine you were the only German in the village. Yes, <laughs> I was. I was, and and after after a while, uh, uh, like people actually uh, asked me about it, and it's like, oh, you're the German guy. We heard about you. It's like, okay, right? <laughs> that, was, that was just like, yeah, all of a sudden you're a super interesting person because you're just from a so different place. and you have, mm. You're like a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you have a whole set of very different views. For sure. All of a sudden you're super interesting and <laughs> super popular. Yeah. I imagine you had many long and interesting conversations with the people from Marysville about where you come from and about where they're from and the similarities and differences that you oh, hold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Um... That that is just uh, basically where this is this is where 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 you actually meet. Um, like I don't want to say real people. Everybody I met was real, but um, like where you have um, everyday people with everyday opinions that um, are not mm -hmm. uh, I don't know done up or just they they just say it as they think it is, and that's uh, super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Have you seen the film Into the Wild with? Um... Yes. Emil yes. Hirsch. You remember the bit in that movie where he goes and he works on a grain farm? And I think it's um, Vince Vaughn plays the farmer. Do you remember that bit in the movie? Yeah, I think. The character Alexander Supertramp goes and works on this farm and lives in this little village. And there's a scene where they go out to the pub and just hang out and dance and stuff like that. And I kind of imagine that in a way... It might have been a bit similar for you in Marysville, being in this small town, being someone who's not from there, but just living and existing and being in this town where there's regular people who are just surviving and getting on with it. Yeah, that that is what that was, and um, just uh, especially like if you, if you go, uh, like especially the pub, like it that, that's basically the meeting place. Uh, like like in every sure. especially in such a small village where um, nothing else really survived yeah that is where people go like just if they want to have a chat or want to have a drink and... it's like the the living room of the village yeah yeah um so that was really interesting how long did you stay there for it must have been a couple of months but i can't remember the exact now would you say that was the highlight of your australian experience being in Marysville? Um, yeah, that was definitely one of the highlights. There were so um, there were so many. Like, um, if I just go with sightseeing wise, I would probably say it would be um, French Island, Magnetic Island. Like that would mm. uh, like Great Barrier Reef. That is just fantastic to look at. And um, people wise, connections wise, yeah, that that is one right. of the highlights. Yeah. Yeah, so you sort of got a nice balance between seeing some cool geography and landscapes. I imagine, you know, you went to Melbourne, you went to the big cities and you saw some of the touristy things and like the must-dos, but you also got 
in a way, an authentic Australian experience by living in a town or village yeah. that had suffered, which is a real thing in Australia, as I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. I mean, in fact, that kind of thing happened again at the start of 2020. There were lots of bushfires that destroyed towns. Even part of my hometown was destroyed. I... So it's it's sort of reality, you know, and it's not everybody who gets to experience that. And you were, I don't want to say privileged, but you were you were able to see that kind of reality. And I guess it helped you to discover or, or appreciate humanity in a different level to what you would have got if you were just doing the tourist beat. Yeah, that's uh, that's really true. Like like before that, I've, I've you. When, like in Germany, you don't really get to see these kind of like really great catastrophes. Yeah, we have floods and mm. whatever, but um, up till then, like I've never seen it where it was like really this much. Like you could still see the wreckage. You could uh, imagine what Marysville once was, and uh, I could see it from what it now is or what it was back then. It's just amazing. Like I hear the the pre, uh, the place they really build it back up. Um, still have uh, them on my uh, Facebook feed every now and then. Oh yeah. <laughs> Would you be happy to go back and check it out? Oh yeah, sure. Like uh, for that place for sure. Like that that would be super interesting just to see uh, what it, what it's now like. Like. <laughs> How many years ago now? It's 12, 12 years. Few, 12 years. 12 years ago. <laughs> 12 years ago. I'm sure they've rebuilt it now. And hopefully <laughs> I hope. it hasn't burned down again. Cause, yeah, I mean, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> there's always that probability as well. Well, yeah, yeah the, the, that, would, that would be horrible. But then at least it would be what I've already experienced. <laughs> so I, I, could, I could be very nostalgic about it. Oh, just like the first time I've been here. Yeah. Go work in the pub again. The only mm. thing left standing. Yes. <laughs> when I met you, Felix, we were in Canada. Yes. And it was after you'd experienced your first big Australia life trip. Yeah. What was the, the time difference between when you came back from Australia to when you went to Canada? When I uh, came back from Australia, I was... Uh, two years in Germany doing a, a job training that I basically just intended to do just for the time being. Like basically, when I was in Australia, there was still um, thoughts about me um, just staying there. Like I could have had um, um, the choice um, that uh, I could stay in Marysville, like doing the, the whole visa application process for being um, uh, a needed worker and whatever yeah and I, I could actually make it believable because i was working in the marysville area and they were like yeah okay i could get a lot of visa points uh just by and i, I would have stayed i would have uh, back then but yeah family <laughs> That's sure. like, yeah family back in germany yeah they're, they're like oh are you sure you want to do that like don't don't you want to come back and and get a German degree like that they are really valuable all of the world everybody knows and I was like uh, I guess you're right uh, yeah I don't <laughs> and um, so I went back and was looking just for stuff that kind of was what I wanted to do and it was just tourism marketing and management and it was basically two years. I was like, yeah, okay, I can, I can suffer two years, and then I'll, and then I'll go back and... <laughs> to Australia. Yeah, to Australia. Ah, that, that was okay. basically the plan when I, I came see. back. So, did you finish your two-year course? Yeah, I did. I did. And then you went to Canada. Is that right? And then I went to Canada. Yeah, it's like uh, ah, I, I see where it's all filling in the gaps now. Yes. Yes. Right. Because you were twenty. Two? 22 yeah 22 like 20, 21 and then 22 in canada yeah yeah so you'd basically done your two-year course you'd had this experience in australia and now you were going for in a way kind of a similar thing that you did in australia but this time in canada yeah yeah that's that's basically yeah what uh what that was yeah what was your motivation for coming to canada were you kind of like hadn't changed in a sense from after school to when you finish your degree, you were sick of studying and you wanted just to have a, a foreign and uh, adventurous experience? 
the th the thing was that when I finished, I like I, f I finished it and um, already in the the last uh, months, uh, so preparing to finish uh, the course, I was already thinking about um, what I want to do, and I was like, mm. do I want to go straight back to Australia, or do I want to see something else as well? I see. And I was like, well. I'm, I'm I'm not done yet. There's still some stuff that I just want to do and I want to see. Mm. So yeah, I did, then I did Canada. Learning from your experiences in Australia, especially financially. Yeah. <laughs> did you come to Canada with a little bit more money, and did you come to Canada with a little bit more thrift in your mindset, in a way that you kind of knew that. If you spend all your money, you'll just be eating oranges again. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like um, that, that was just uh, I had just a lot more foresight then. Mm. Also, you kind of know what you have to do, like in order to survive. Like mm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it street ways, but um, you, you sort of know the locations. You. Um, like this isn't your first rodeo. You, you sort of know where you gotta go to to get jobs, or where you have to talk to people. I was just uh, really lucky in a way when I was uh, at the job center in um, uh, in uh, Toronto, where this guy just heard me speak German. I was like, "Did you just speak German?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> we are looking for German people. <laughs> I was like, uh -huh. "Ah, nice." <laughs> Again, you had good, good lucky timing. Yeah, that was just luck. Like I wasn't even thinking about getting that job, but I was like, oh yeah, I, I kind of need a job, and mm. it's like, yeah, and we pay you extra because you're German. It's like, oh, that sounds good, nice. <laughs> I remember when we used to go to the job center together on a few occasions. We'd walk over onto Richmond Street, yeah, west, and mm -hmm. uh, go up into the offices there. Mm -hmm. You seem to be very comfortable and not really stressed at all about the process and um i i don't know if you noticed but i was a little bit apprehensive about how long it was taking to find the kind of work i was looking for and now that you're telling me this story about your experiences in australia i'm kind of thinking you were kind of zen because you'd already been through all this before. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd, 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 you'd been in the job centers in Australia. You'd been looking for jobs in a foreign country before. And you were just almost like just going through the motions without any visible stress. Is that is that a fair observation? Um, yeah, it's like uh, it's just um, the regular stuff that you just got to do there. And it's like at one point... Yeah, you get you get fed up with it as well, but um, it's it's just um, you know how they work and how they operate, and um, I was uh, a little bit uh, more relaxed than I was uh, uh, back in Australia mm. because I knew that uh, something would turn up eventually. Yeah, I remember you you did that job. Was that that was working for a. A technology company wasn't it the german translator yeah yeah that that was that was for siemens that mm. was uh, basically um you um like for for siemens healthcare where surveys or something wasn't it where you just called um different hospitals or whatever like when they pres uh, purchased equipment from siemens healthcare and something broke and the technician was in and you just asked them mm. what the experience was yeah you did some interesting jobs while you were in Canada, I guess in Australia as well. What would you say was your most interesting job? My most interesting job? Oh, um, I guess I liked, uh, in, in Australia was basically uh, planting African mahogany, like on a, on a tree farm. Wow. That was quite nice, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> uh, with uh, just five guys, but uh, always full stack of beers in the fridge and everything that, that, that was fun times we had some good times in toronto i was just curious do you have any particular memories of toronto that stand out oh there's so many like the the one that just came to mind straight away when when you asked that mm. was the any burger that was <laughs> <laughs> And and the dogs bollocks like the, the all the evenings we had there karaoke that, that... and the dogs bollocks yeah, yeah karaoke with uh, with Ryan and um, 
the other guys where I convinced him to to sing all my exes live in Texas and it was just glorious. Mm. <laughs> the dog's bollocks is a is a pub actually, and I have to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I wonder if it's still there. That was a very cool. That was a very popular place, especially with the group going there. Yeah, on, I think it was. Wednesdays or Thursday nights, it was karaoke night, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was that was karaoke night, and then that was the other one that the Irish uh, group always used to go to, but I can't remember the name. The Office. Was it the Office? I think so. I think that's the one. You're, yeah, I yeah, think so. yeah. Okay, and we were there once as well. Um, I think I think that was actually on the night with the Andy Burke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I did I even go out with you that night, or were you out with other people? And I was back at the hostel. Uh, I, I or maybe I met you later on. Uh, it, it it started out at uh, the bar uh, where the Irish group uh, went to. We just had a couple of drinks, like mm. uh, a couple couple of drinks, and there. then you had a couple more, and then a couple more, like uh, a nice beer or twelve. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we we said, well, uh, let's just go and have uh, some more at the at the hostel. And um, I was like, I'm really hungry. Yeah, you needed some grease to soak up some of that alcohol, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I took uh, you in. We went Hero, to Hero, um, Burger. Hero Burger on the corner. Hero Burger. Yeah. So I took you in there. <laughs> There's like maybe 16 different burgers on the menu. Something. There was quite a few burgers. It's sort of like Subway for burgers. And you went in there and you said, I would like a burger, or at least that's what you were trying to say. And then yeah. what the guy said, um, yes, we can give you a burger. What burger would you like? <laughs> <laughs> and you just mumbled, any burger. <laughs> <laughs> Like I was, um, I was not sober enough to do any informed decisions. <laughs> and you would have eaten whatever you were given, I imagine, as well. I found the receipt the next morning. They just gave me the cheapest one. Oh, that was kind of them. <laughs> they could have given you the most expensive one, and you still oh. would have bought it. <laughs> yeah, probably. And um, I was like, I, I, I wouldn't have known, but they, uh, I, I put just twenty dollars down on the on the table. <laughs> I was like, hey, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, but there was like, here's, here's your burger. Like, oh, it was, it was a really good burger. I yeah, really liked that I think place. you would have liked any burger that night. <laughs> Not as good as um, the the uh, Aussie burger that we uh, later made. Oh, yeah. In the cooking group, if you remember that. Well, it wasn't the first time, actually, that I'd educated fellow travelers on what makes up an Aussie burger. But um, Marco was a burger chef, wasn't he? Another German guy. That we knew just just uh, in general he was um a chef and uh, he was actually from my area in germany like uh, yeah basically just around the corner yeah and uh i don't know who came up with the idea but we decided to make burgers with maybe 10 or 12 people was it yeah it was a lot of a lot of potential burger makings and i remember we went into chinatown and we bought lots of meat and vegetables and buns Yes. I remember Marco was on the grill making the burgers in a way kind of following my instructions a little bit on how to build an Aussie burger. Yes. We just made all these Aussie burgers and I think whoever was wanting to join just paid $5 and it was like a, a huge burger feast with at least there were at least 12 yeah. people weren't there Felix. There there were yeah like I think I think 10 to 12 people and and uh that was really, that was so good. Yeah, I had a great hostel kitchen for doing that kind of stuff. We went woofing in the Kimberley. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we went, we drove out, I guess, to a place that might have reminded you a little bit of Bearsville, just a tiny little town kind of in the middle of nowhere. But the difference was this place wasn't burnt down. It was completely covered in snow. <laughs> yeah that that's true yeah. and and we went woofing for the weekend with um micah and elke with micah, you know. and um what did we do to to pay for our food and board i remember we we were moving chicken shit from one place to another in the <laughs> snow yeah yeah that was that and um, we we actually did um 
the syrup collecting collecting the, the maple uh, sap yeah yeah maple sap yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, in the snow and i mean the snow was up to your knees or something wasn't it you would sink into the yeah. ground drilling these trees and and uh, it's like oh well, you, we have this drink here it's it's just guinness and maple syrup <laughs> and it was actually not so bad like <laughs> a pint of guinness with a bit of maple syrup in it yeah, yeah, it's like oh, I guess it was half and half. <laughs> oh man, did I have some of that? I don't remember having any of that. That sounds grim. That, that, yeah, <laughs> I, I still I still have the picture of me. Like uh, it must have been the very same day that uh, we 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 drilled uh, for for these uh, sap holes, yeah. and um, I, I still have the picture on my wall and where where I drink it. <laughs> I remember that day we spent quite a few hours out in the snow drilling and setting up trees to drain them of the sap. What you had to do was you had to collect all the sap in a huge container and then sit that on a fire yeah. and let all the water basically evaporate off. And so the sap became thicker and thicker and thicker until it turned into a syrup. Yeah. There was some crazy ratio. Was it like 40 to 1 or something that you have to like reduce the liquid 40 times to get to the actual syrup. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was really a lot. It took ages and ages and ages. And I remember you and me and the girls and some other local people as well, and then the, the guy whose farm it was, you know, were waiting for a bit, trying to, you know, evaporate off this sap. It was taking forever, and we had to get back to our host where we were doing uh, the woofing and, you know, prepare a meal. Because yeah. we had a big meal with lots of people that night from the town. And I remember we we um we helped with the meal. We were having the meal. You know, we basically were finishing the meal. And then the guy who was still evaporating the sap came in with a little sort of whiskey bottle half full of maple syrup. And he's like, it's ready. <laughs> and he had this maple syrup. It was almost like we were at church. We got the maple syrup and we we each took a little sip from the bottle of, of maple syrup and just passed it around the table. And it was like having a digestif. <laughs> That's right. That was so awesome. I, I actually, like, now that you say it, like, uh, I, I can't remember. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> crazy times. <laughs> so after you finished your contracts working as the, doing the, the Siemens and the, the German... Uh, survey work over there on the phones you were talking about going on this really awesome train journey from toronto all the way out west they had i think they had uh, i don't know what it was they had some um reduced tickets for the canadian like um this train just goes all the way from toronto all the way to the west uh, to mm. vancouver with different stops if you want to and that was just uh really amazing it was like well i could stay here another couple of months and yeah then i won't see anything yeah fuck it come on let's just buy those tickets and um <laughs> micah and me we bought the tickets and then we went uh, really is just the first time seeing it. it is a really cool experience like you get your own bed all that stuff your little locker and good food and it's just an amazing experience and you have uh, like one of the, the train cars that is just uh, basically with a big glass roof where you can just look out and I remember one night that was really nice I couldn't sleep I just couldn't fall asleep for anything and went to the lookout car nobody was there you could just see the train lights just hitting the, the completely dark landscape and I just see this like a like a movie in this three hundred sixty degrees in, in the complete darkness, like besides the train lights and I have was listening uh, to Blackfoot Indian stories and it was just unreal. Like mm. just uh, sitting there in this train at night, like just having this panorama, this just unfolded in front of me, like, or basically behind the train that was um, at the end of the train. That was so, like, in snow all around. That, that was really, like, in one of the pictures that uh, you see or videos. That was um, a really amazing experience, like, especially if uh, I had um, I had the lower bunk, 
And so I had um, a window. So when I fell asleep, I could look outside and see actually the sky like full of stars. And wow. That was really cool. And um, of course, we were constantly a little bit rocking because from the train. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in this observation cart at the back of the train in the middle of the night, do you remember what part of Canada you were traveling through at that time? That was still Ontario. Like the first uh, two days, I think, you're still in Ontario. Like Ontario is so big <laughs> that basically once you set out from Toronto, you, you do stop and then another stop and you're still in Ontario. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and yeah. did you take the train all the way to Vancouver? Uh, yeah, we um, had um, a couple of uh, stops. We once had one in, um, in Banff. We had one uh, for a week. Perfect. Yeah, and that that was just sightseeing. That was just having a look around Banff, and then then we hit Vancouver. Yeah. When we were in Vancouver, that was so funny. I met Marco again. Like that, we we, we didn't we like it wasn't even we didn't talk about it. Um, we had lost touch a little bit, and but I just saw him on the street one day. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pretend you don't know me. <laughs> Marco yeah. the Burger Man. You, you bumped into him again. Oh, that's crazy. And, like, we didn't even talk about it. Like, like huh. I said, um, it was just crazy coincidence that we yeah, saw no each doubt. other again. <laughs> Fast five. Five quick fire questions require five quick fire answers. My guests must answer five random questions about traveling without thinking too much. All right, Felix. Are you ready for the fast five? Yes. Question number one, east or west? West. Question number two, pro-selfie or anti-selfie? Anti-selfie. Question number three, mountains or beaches? Mountains. Question number four, left or right? Uh, right. Question number five, book or Kindle? Book. Fast five. 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 You got to Vancouver after your train trip that was now you'd reached the end of of canada you're on the west coast no no actually not because no? it's it's funny that you that you say it this way because um the thing is from vancouver we made our um trip to tofino and that is on vancouver island mm. and that's a place they call uh, the end of the road because that's the furthest out west you can come. Oh, <laughs> I <this> see. Is... <laughs> that was basically the first, the furthest uh, point in. Like, if if you have seen that movie, uh, maybe one week. If you, if you have seen that, the the place where he ends up last, that's Tofino. Like, um... yeah, is that the the one where he drives the motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. across Canada. Yeah, with um that bloke from. Dawson's Creek, Josh, Joshua Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Huh. Yeah, and that's and the, the last place he ends up. That's um, that's Tofino, and um, ah, the just, most western place. Yeah, yeah. So it was like they call it the end of the road because yeah, basically it's the end of the road. <laughs> <laughs> that was really amazing place. I, I worked there for a little bit as well. Once we were finished there, we made um our little trip. Uh, through the USA by car, Micah and me, Seattle and down the West Coast a bit. Yeah, and then that's just like just Seattle, and then maybe may like uh, cross uh, um, the border like to Milwaukee and see Mount Rushmore, whatever Yellowstone National Park, all all this kind of stuff. Um, Chicago, and then back to Toronto. So you did a full circle. Yeah, yeah, that was the idea. Like just uh, we went back by car. We bought the car in Vancouver and uh, just by car all the way back through the USA to Toronto. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, It's it seems like such a long time ago now. What was that, 2012? Uh, let me think. Yeah, yeah, it must have been, yeah. yeah. yeah eight, eight years ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> have you ever been back to Canada? Not yet, not yet. Not yet. No. <laughs> Of all the the places you visited, Felix, I mean, you've been to some, you know, obviously, obviously popular places like Melbourne and Toronto and Vancouver and 
but you've also been to some places that people probably would never go like Marysville and Kimberley and and you know small places that aren't tourist destinations yeah can you think of your three favorite places you've been I would definitely include um like uh, we talked before Marysville I would do that then Tofino that was really a great place uh the third one is gonna be hard because there's so many contenders um <laughs> Like, I really love uh, Melbourne, and I really love Vancouver as well. It's a tie. It's, 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 it's basically, yeah, it's, um, obvi- obviously, like, um, with Adelaide, I have a lot of good memories as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I guess like, it, it would be probably, I don't know, Vancouver or Melbourne, one, one of these. <laughs> when you've been traveling in the past, what were the, the factors that you considered in order to choose the places that you went to? What what were the things that drew you to these places? Well, first, I always uh, had a look if there was something that I wanted to see. That was one point. Yeah, like if you're traveling and working, you always have to think of it a little bit of um, from the money perspective. Like if you need to work there, and it's like, okay. But usually you think about maybe I can combine the two. Like, can I find work in around the area where I want to go? Or can't I? Like, uh, that was uh, one thing. And basically the people that are with you or even or if they're not with you. Like, mm. usually if um, you're traveling with people, it becomes um, sort of a group decision on where to go. Like, of course, everybody has their own opinion of where they want to go, what they want to see and what they want to do. And um, it becomes less about your choice, but more like if if you have good people that you travel with, it doesn't. That's um, fine. Like you basically like I'm. I was I was always okay with it. Like we had a good group going. So then I was like, yeah, let's just see you, so you can stay a little bit more together. And literally, I think the greatest experience that you have is always when you have someone to share them with. Like when you can bounce the experience off uh, of each other, like um, I guess I wouldn't have half that much fun if um, there was nobody in Toronto. Like if, if I hadn't met you and there were so many great stories or if I hadn't met the other guys, it I, I wouldn't nearly have so good memories. Yeah, It's really all about the people you meet on the journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really... Um, a lot of the, the lot of the stuff like this. This is the times that you will remember. Of course, you will have great personal moments as well, and you can have great personal moments when you're alone. But a lot of the really, really great moments is usually when you're with other people. At least for me, I've traveled solo for probably most of my experiences. I have traveled in groups or with another person as well. Yeah. So I have done both. And I have definitely had awesome experiences by myself, but also those experiences that you share are also really special as well. Yeah, because usually, like some sometimes when you're traveling alone, you really sometimes run to the problem where you, you think, "Oh man, I really want someone to show this to or to share it with," and then nobody's there. It's like. <laughs> Who's going to know that you did it? Well, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no one will believe me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What does traveling mean to Felix? Oh, that's freedom. That's, that's a lot of freedom in the, in the traveling. It's really when you're traveling, when you're going to a new place, you really are who you are right there and then. Of course, that's... Uh, probably the greatest Facebook statement, but um, basically um, (laughs) you can be the most yourself, I think, because you can just be and people will take you for who you are in in that moment. There there is no past or not not or whatever someone could hold against you. And so you just live in the moment. And um, that's a really uh, great experience, especially all the other stuff that you can experience while you're traveling is just you can go wherever like this is this is basically your time you you have to make the most out of it like if you if you want to if you want to you can have a great experience you can have like this is all up to you yeah travel is freedom yes nice 
It's very simple. I like it, Felix. Yeah. Do you have any places on a bucket list that you still want to travel to? Where and why? Oh, I still want to see Ireland. That is um, that is still on the bucket list. Like now, um, I have uh, so many friends there. Now I have other people from Germany that move there that I still really want to visit. Um, what I want to see, I still have not been to um, so far up north. Like I, I would love to see Iceland or or Sweden, like these uh, kind of countries. Mm-hmm. There is still there's so many things that I want to see, but uh, um, some say question about if I'm brave enough. Like um, it's easy to go to an English speaking country because I already speak English, but. Uh, if you go to another country where English maybe not be uh, as prevalent as like some mm. Asian countries, maybe or whatever. Yeah, it's like <laughs> always a question if I'm brave enough for that. But there's many interesting places there. <laughs> you just have to be brave enough to take the plunge and sometimes suffer those funny circumstances where you don't understand anyone and they don't understand you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, we're, we're just... Uh, trying to make yourself understood by hands and feet (laughs) well if you're going to ireland felix let me know because literally it's so close to where i live right now it's like 30 minutes flight it's 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 like that time where we missed each other by one day in 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 uh in the netherlands Netherlands. yeah where it's like you're still you're still there and it's like no i i left yesterday it's like ah no. <laughs> yeah, because I went to Amsterdam to run a marathon yeah. in 2018, was yeah. it? I was there for about five or six days, and then you must have seen that I was there on social media or yeah, something. Yeah, you, 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 po- were... you posted so many things, and then um, I knew I was. Um, <laughs> I already had planned and everything, and then we were there, and it's like, oh, maybe Alan is still here. I would. Um, I was there with my girlfriend. It's like, I, I was really excited. It's like, maybe you can meet him, and... Um, uh, that was so. Uh, it's like, nah, it was really one day where we missed each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I left, and then you arrived the day after, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that that was that was it. But still, <laughs> I want to uh, come to England as well. As long as I still don't need a visa, that is uh, still a good time. <laughs> Final question I have for you, Felix. Yes. Can you offer any advice in terms of travel to people who? maybe uh, 18 years old like you were when you first traveled and have maybe the same feelings about what you had in general it's just like um look out for yourself and um trust uh your gut feeling that is usually um what serves you right the most times like i know it's it's super vague advice but i don't know how to put it any other way Mm. that is usually what uh steered me in, the, in, the, in all the good directions that um i've had like and apart from that yeah look out for your money just <laughs> man, manage your finances like oh you'll be eating oranges <laughs> yes or or you'll eat oranges only one per day <laughs> go with your gut and just be careful with your cash yeah that's 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 basically yeah and then otherwise just just have a good time like really uh let uh let those experiences come to you and don't be afraid to have them i think is uh that you usually like at least uh german culture is a little bit more about distrust to strangers where it's like a little bit of ingrained into you and then yeah i guess that's a lot of western cultures where that is if you can learn to let go of that, then you'll have some really great experiences. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the freedom too, I suppose, isn't it? If you can release yourself of some of your cultural predispositions, yes. you might be able to find a new philosophy, which is a freer way of thinking than you had before you traveled. Mm. It's, it's, it's always that you um, see uh, your mentality just... Uh, grinds down a little bit um, in terms of like you you meet other people and you see what they're thinking and what their cultural context is like and you learn to um, experience things from a whole different standpoint like where well people say well i never thought about it that way Mm. and that's a great experience like if, if you can have that where you're not just in your bubble of people always affirming your your thing that you think anyway Mm. Uh, that is good. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I think that's a good place to leave it, Felix. Really great having a chat with you today. I hope yeah. the fireworks didn't come through the microphone too strongly and disturb you, but they seem to have settled down a little oh, yeah. bit now anyway. I think they must have blown mm-hmm. up all the fireworks by now. <laughs> and yeah, let's let's hope that we can meet again one day. Maybe it will be Ireland, maybe it will be the UK. And yeah. hopefully, you know, once COVID has resolved itself, we can be freer again to travel. Oh, yeah, that would be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Nostalgic Vagabond. My guest has been Felix Gerbart. There are more episodes in this podcast series where you can hear different stories from other travellers. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me at The Nostalgic V. Thanks to Tom Forfer for creating the soundtrack to the series. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time.